0: Wistful Thinking is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For more movie and nostalgia podcasts, visit cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me.
1: Welcome to Wistful Thinking, the podcast where we revisit pop culture from our youth to see if it's as good all grown up. I'm Jordan Polan clark With me is my co-host, Carrie Gale-Oregan. Hi. Hi. And today we are joined by Cage Club co-founder want to say that again because that was hard to say. And today we're joined by Cage Club co-founder Joey Lewandowski. Hi,
2: Joey. Hi. Thank you for having me.
1: Um, super happy you're here. We um, You you just reminded of off, us off air that we are continuing Adam Sandler Month, mm-hmm. which we're not really. Because <laughs> um, apparently this comes out on the 30th, huh? Yep. Um, we just couldn't bear it anymore. We couldn't. What else would we have done? What else would we have done? What did we miss? Does anyone have any opinions?
2: You could have done funny people, which is fine, but very long. It's
1: okay. It's like three hours it's long, very though, long. yeah? Yeah.
2: Well, that's why when you sent in, I don't remember, maybe the two of you sent in the last episode, you're like, these are the, the good things he did, and that's how we're ending the month. And I was like, well, the calendar <laughs> says otherwise
1: uh well what we're what we watched instead was uh the 1997 David Lynch film Lost Highway um because we were kind of like kicking around ideas and like weren't really sure what to do and I was like you know what this movie is like a big deal in my life I haven't seen it in a long time Kara you had never seen it I-, I wasn't sure and no I had not <laughs> okay and Joey you've seen it one time before this i've only
2: seen it twice now ever and both times were essentially with you or because you wanted me to watch it
1: did we watch it together we the first time did
2: in some in, in either in, i think maybe your mom's old house
1: hmm, i believe that um so the this movie uh, so like when i went to college i went to many many colleges the first one was clark university and i took a bunch of like film uh theory classes there and like the first one that i took was taught by this professor who f- who showed us this movie which like now i don't understand why like if you're teaching like a film theory class and you want to do david lynch you don't show this movie like this was like after Mulholland and drive had come out like we, you do a racer then you do blue velvet then you do Mulholland drive and you don't and you don't even talk about this movie like i don't get why this is what he showed us but i liked it a lot when i saw it and was like oh movies okay 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 yeah um so it like holds a place in my heart uh but is not like definitely not one of david lynch's best movies right
2: no, I think this is sort of... It exists in that weird kind of space where he had done Twin Peaks and Fire Walk with me in the early 90s, and then before he does Mulholland Drive, this is what he does. And
1: it's... It, this movie, like, essentially is Mulholland Drive, also. It's, it's
2: Bobo. To use your word, it's Bobo Mulholland Drive. He
1: It was like he asked for a mulligan, and then he made
2: Mulholland Drive. Well, do you know, when was the cuz Maholan Drive was supposed to be a TV series. Was that after? I think that was probably after this.
1: It had to be because this was 1997 and that was it, the movie came out in 2001. So it would have had to have been stuck somewhere for a long time if if it was around right. when this was around. Um Okay, quick overview of Lost Highway if you haven't seen it. Yeah, good luck with
2: that. Um I can do this. Well, the amazing thing is, if you read the wiki <laughs> plot summary, it makes it seem like a straightforward, normal-ish movie. <laughs> it, like, it wildly excludes the fact that Patricia Arquette plays two different people, It, which we will get to, that that confused the hell out of me when I first watched it with Jordan, because I didn't oh, no. realize that Actually, was the case.
0: So, uh, towards the beginning of the movie, um, there's a sex scene, and... A guy, you know, finishes perhaps like sooner than his female partner would like him to. And she says, sorry. And there's a shot of his face where I was like, oh, no, he's going to murder her. Is he going to murder her? I can't <laughs> handle this. If he's going to murder her. So I had to like go and look at the Wikipedia article to find out if she was going to get murdered, which, spoiler alert, she, she does. She definitely gets murdered.
2: Um, but we don't see it no well, kind
1: of but not really but kind
0: of but in like the the like up top paragraph on wikipedia it describes the movie as a mobius strip and that made everything make a lot more sense to mm-hmm. me um
1: that's like a thing that just like keeps going
0: around it's like... a math thing that okay. you just google it because there's words to describe it that i don't understand but if i see a picture of it i get it
2: well, this movie essentially has time travel in it that doesn't also have time travel in it. Like, there's two versions of Bill Pullman, but there's not? I don't know. I don't That's understand. My... And I don't care that I don't let's, understand.
1: Let's save theories. Yeah, you know, I don't think there's so we supposed let's, to understand. I don't, it's David Lynch. You're not supposed to figure it out. But like, it's not...
2: look, You know, last episode or two episodes ago, when you were talking about reading Catching the Big Fish, Jordan, and you got to that one chapter about Mulholland Drive, it's like the, the key in the box, and the chapter is entirely... I don't know what they mean either. I feel like I can kind of explain Mulholland Drive. I cannot even begin to explain this movie. Mulho-
1: Mulholland Drive makes a lot more sense than this movie. Like, like, And this movie is almost at the point where it has the same explanation for Mulholland Drive, except then the last 15 minutes of it happen. And you're like, never mind. It doesn't make <laughs> sense anymore. Every time I thought I knew what was going on,
0: I was like, nope, 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 nope. Never mind you know like i would think like oh is this him in the past no is that is she what hang on oh i <laughs> nope that's not what it is either so it was it was very challenging to watch which i was not in a great space for today <laughs> cuz mm. i had a migraine but i enjoyed a lot of aspects about it even though it took me forever to get through it
2: well i was in a weird space ish too because i woke up not at all expecting to watch this movie today and then at (laughs) one o'clock jordan's like hey do you want to talk about lost highway in eight hours i was like i guess so then my day became trying to get into the mind of david lynch again that's a wild thing when you don't plan that when you're like oh this is just what i'm doing this afternoon uh that's fun i guess
1: yeah I, thanks for the quick shift. I was just like, I don't know. How are we going to do like a David Lynch podcast and I'm not going to even invite Joey? Like, We've like, only 50% expected you to say yes.
2: <laughs> well, I appreciate the invite.
1: Uh, okay, I'm going to do the plot. Good luck. Lost Highway is about... I'm not going to use those words. Hold on. Lost Highway opens on a man and a woman, Bill Pullman bill pullman not paxton bill right? pullman president pullman?
2: Right. independence okay. day
1: yeah uh and patricia arquette who are married um and live in a black box where sometimes the sun shines in
0: did you know that that's actually <laughs> david lynch's house
1: no is it yeah
2: he designed oh. it. which it is too. not he designed
0: surprising it it. at all it's just
1: like I mean every 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 person in a David Lynch movie like appears to live in some kind of like black box with no interactions with the outside world. But th- this first 45 minutes of this feels like particularly weird. Um so okay, they're they're married, but you can tell there's something up between them and not just in like a David Lynch we don't talk like normal people. Way like they there's like definitely tension there like you start to think maybe he thinks she's cheating on him or you know there's something there's something icky between them um and they start to get these videotapes like dropped on their doorstep and god i already messed up i already forgot the part where he says dick laurent is dead
0: you also forgot Um, the part about the saxophone (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh. <laughs> i tried important. to watch this yesterday and I, I was like i'm just gonna i'm gonna sit here i'm gonna draw I'm and i'm gonna watch this david lynch movie and uh already i like had tuned out and then it like it's it's basically like a psycho jazz jump scare because it cuts <laughs> from this, like, extremely <laughs> quiet scene between two people, and the, the movie has been so quiet, so quiet, and then all of a sudden, blaring bad saxophone. Bill Pullman does not it play really the saxophone. Hurts your brain.
2: Oh, I bet to differ. He, he is a rock star. Like, oh, the craziest God. thing about this movie is that it exists in a world in which the kind of music that he is playing is popular like people are I don't understand. packed <laughs> I don't... at this of... club and they are into this music
1: <laughs> one of the notes that I wrote down that's like kind of related to that is like what time period is this in like we're meant to believe that it's in the time period that it, you know you know 1997 around then mm-hmm. but like that music the people and then also like when when later when you're going to Pete's house like Uh, his parents look like they're in the 80s and they have those like wood panel station wagons that look like a thousand years old. His parents, you mean
2: Gary Busey? Yeah. (laughs) This cast is wild. Okay, we'll get to
1: the cast. I'm going to finish the plot. I can do this.
2: Well, we're like Um, eight minutes into the movie in terms of plot summary, so keep on going, Jordan. (laughs)
1: Okay, so... uh, Videotapes. Doorstep. They start to watch the videotapes. It is a video of their house. Um, and it gets, like, increasingly kind of creepy to where they start to bring the police in because, like, the first videotape is just a videotape of the outside of their house. Okay, weird, but whatever. But Tishara Kett says something that's kind of funny. She says... Uh... Maybe it's from a real estate agent, which in a different movie would be a funny joke, but it's a David Lynch movie, so it's not. Oh, I found this movie hilarious.
0: There's like a lot of really funny moments.
1: Sometimes it was. Um, Okay, so they get increasingly creepy. There starts to be video of them like together in bed. And then eventually a videotape shows up that is a video of Fred murdering Renee
2: well you also um, you missed the part where he goes to the party and meets the guy with no eyebrows who is uh, also in his the house mystery man and then he's in bed with his wife and sees his face on her face oh, and then gets moment. the tape where he's where he murders her
0: but also okay. do you recognize who that guy is like in the mystery real life? Man is
1: is Robert Blake
0: yes who went on who, to
2: murder his wife allegedly
0: well and was convicted of it and,
2: then not allegedly no he no. went on to do no he
0: yeah he did
1: yeah and he, do you know he made those choices himself. Like David Lynch did not tell him what to do. Like he he decided all that. He's got like white face paint, like no eyebrows.
2: His hair is real weird. He's real scary. He looks like a vampire. I think he acts like a vampire too. Like I think he's playing like he's a vampire. I think
0: he's. I read that I, he thought he the, he was the devil.
1: I think he is murder. Like I think he's death. Hmm. That makes sense. Like I don't th- I don't think he's like. Yeah, the, I don't think he's like the Grim Reaper or something. I just think he's like representative of like murder. The reason right.
2: I thought he was a vampire is because he's got the one line in this party where he's like, I don't go places where I'm not wanted. And like the whole vampire thing, like you have to welcome him into your life. But mm-hmm. he's, he's already in yeah. the house. I don't know. I don't know.
1: And whatever. That part definitely never makes sense. It's fine. He's not real. I, you he's say real? that like other parts of this real. movie do make sense. I'm not other sure. parts <laughs> of this
2: movie do not make sense.
3: No. Nothing okay. having to so, do with him makes sense. <laughs> like
1: not so. a single thing
2: having to do with him makes sense.
1: Fred murders Renee. Uh, Fred Allegedly. To, Maybe. Fred, we don't
0: even know. Who, he doesn't who knows? know. We don't, you
1: don't really see it. You just see like a grainy videotape. And that's pretty gross. Um, Fred is sentenced to death for the murder of Renee. He's hanging out in jail where Henry Rollins is one of the prison guards. <laughs> yeah. Um, I Henry and Rollins. he starts to get these headaches and he looks real bad. Like he is dying. And... Then one day he wakes up and isn't Fred anymore. He's turned into Balthazar Getty, who plays Pete, who's like 24 years old, a much younger man. Um, And the guards are basically like, "Uh, that's a different guy. Uh, (laughs) I guess we let him go. So let him go.
2: But then the cops Uh, start trailing him because they're like, this is weird. Let's figure out who this kid is and how he got into the cell.
1: The cops are the funniest part
0: of the movie, too. Yeah, they say something like, this guy gets more pussy than a toilet
2: seat.
1: Uh-huh. And then he's really like, hard. what a job. And and the other one's like, uh, his job or our job?
2: I want to... Like, I, don't, I don't mean to correct you, Kara, because I just want to make oh, sure that we get do. that line right. Because yeah. I only took a handful of notes, and they were all quotes because I was like, there's no point in me taking notes about this movie for multiple reasons. Because, number one, the notes are not going to make sense. Uh, number two, I'm watching it close enough that I'm just going to remember. But number three, I just see number one. Like, it just, things aren't going to make sense. But every quote I took, every quote I wrote down, was a quote that had cursing in it. Like, I think the, the foul language, if you will, for lack of a better phrase, in this movie is exceptional. And the quote is, fucker gets more pussy than a toilet seat. Like, just so casually explicit for no reason, and I love it. But there's other quotes that I'll get to later, but I just want to make sure that we get the exact profanity right.
1: Thank you, that is important. I think that, okay, I'm straying from the plot for a second, because you brought something up. I think this is the only David Lynch movie that I can think of that, like, is, like, every character is, like, gross and profane. In some way, like yeah. there is no like there is no like lightness and in, or innocence in like any of these
2: people. Well, Balvis is maybe
1: indeed. manipulated. But, like, nah, yeah, like he's dumb, but he's not innocent.
2: He's kind of like James. Like he fits into the Twin Peaks world, right? Like he, he's sort of James Hurley, kind of.
1: No, but James Hart is really good, don't you think? And he's like, and he's like.
2: I think this is James no, corrupted. No, he's maybe? not.
1: Ugh, maybe, maybe. Anyway, yeah, I think that, to me, is a difference between this and, like, all... This 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 make this is why this is his horror movie. This is... I don't think this is a horror movie, but if David Lynch were to make a horror movie, like, this is the one. It well, is I,
0: my I, true belief that all movies are horror movies, if you look at them, right? And all David Lynch movies are definitely horror movies.
1: Well, yeah, but I wouldn't be like, oh, you love horror? Watch Lost Highway.
2: Well, it is that thing to you, that Entertainment Weekly, at some point in history rank this as the 23rd scariest movie of all time but like yeah, i don't even weird. think it's it's not scary mulholland drive is scarier mm-hmm. uh, yes fire walk with me is scarier inland empire is probably scarier blue velvet is scarier mm-hmm. like this isn't even like maybe top five racerhead is much. scarier yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Wild that, I mean, Heart... but
0: there's like there's gore not in this there's like oh, that's scary d- i like, deeply fucked up I don't know what's going on and I'm deeply uncomfortable feeling throughout the whole movie that I think is probably off-putting to people I don't know that's a weird list to put it on though
1: okay Pete wakes up in the jail (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna do this we're we're like an hour in now just about. Oh, by the uh, way, this
2: movie is way too long.
1: It's long. I yeah. think.
2: I think once we get past the Bill Pullman part, like as much as I like him, no, in I totally say Once we get past that first forty-five minutes, I think the middle part of this is like a great movie on its own. I yeah. think you need the beginning part to set up. Who knows what the actual end is? But so without the beginning, there wouldn't be like the kind of twist at the end. But I think the middle part, like once Pete is Pete, like that is where the movie starts to really pick up. And I think that's where it gets really good. <laughs> also, no. uh,
0: Patricia Arquette has red hair in the first half of the movie. And I was like, ooh, Patricia Arquette looking good with red hair. And then halfway through the movie, she shows up with blonde
1: hair looking even better. So I know, she looks great both times. Always surprising. She has her dark self and her light self because the dark hair Patricia Arquette only wears brown and black mm-hmm. and the light hair wears white. Mm-hmm. The first half of this movie has no color. Everything is brown or black or, like, dark red. Yes, that's
0: true. And then there are colors in the
1: second part. Um, okay. Pete goes home. Nobody will tell him what happened. Something happened to him on the night of the... T- and we never find out either, right? No. And, no. well, we like, in, miss
2: that? We see in prison Bill Pullman's having visions of a cabin blowing up and also...
1: But that's just what happens later...
2: I guess, but also he sees Pete, like, he, he sees Pete, like, he sees who he is, who he becomes? I don't know.
1: Uh, uh, okay. So, but his whole family has matching leather jackets. And, yes. And his dad is Gary Busey, and I don't think his mom is anyone famous. Right?
2: I didn't recognize her, I don't know.
1: Um, he, okay, so he goes back to work at an auto shop. Where Richard Pryor is his boss. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Richard Pryor in his last movie role before he died is his boss. And a
2: co-worker is Jack Lanson. in his last movie role before he died.
1: Oh, I didn't know that one. Yeah, he, okay, they, so... So they
2: shot this, he died in December, this came out in January. Like, it was, it uh-huh. came out right after his death.
1: Um, so we meet a customer of his named Mr. Eddie, who... Robert Loggia... Who's Robert Loggia? Who is a lot like,
2: uh, well, so the car- Dennis Hopper yes. in Blue
1: Velvet, so, whose name is
2: I don't remember, Jack? but yeah, but the the reason I'm sure Carrie, you read this, but Robert Loggia wanted that Dennis Hopper role, and he waited for like three hours to audition for David Lynch, and David Lynch was like, oh, it was already cast, and then. Uh, Robert Loggia went on this like epic tirade, just r- chewing out, reaming out David Lynch, like "How dare you!" blah blah blah, and it's just stuck in his brain for twelve years or whatever. To the point where, when he needed to cast his part, he called up Robert Loggia, and, Robert Loggia, and he came and did the part for him. Like the, his his anger was so memorable that he got <laughs> cast in this movie more than a decade after Blue Blue Velvet.
1: Yeah, and he gives that great um yelling monologue about uh tailgating.
2: It's the best scene in the movie by a mile. It's
1: pretty great. Yeah. Um okay, so Mr. Eddie uh Frank kind Booth. of scary guy. Frank
2: Booth in Blue Velvet, tennis Hopper, Frank Booth.
1: Frank. I was close. I said Jack, whatever. Okay. Um right. Mr. Eddie is really scary, has a bunch of cars and uh comes in one day with blonde Patricia Arquette um who all of the dudes fall in love with and well, she gets
0: out of the car and it's all like slow motion and she looks like an absolute angel and it's like Lou Reed is playing and she just I mean I fell in love with her in that moment too how could you not
2: and she's a different um, person right
0: yeah I so my understanding, based on a photograph that we see later in the movie, is that they're twin sisters. But then the
2: no, photograph we but see again later. then she
1: disappears from that yeah. photograph. Oh, boy. Okay, save this. <laughs> I s- we're like, I'm almost there. You're almost halfway there. God, I'm not even almost there. <laughs> okay, uh so she comes back the next day and asks uh pete for a date and he's like oh this seems like a bad idea but she's like no we're going and so then they just start having sex all the time forever um Mm -hmm. and he falls in love with her and because
2: how can you not
1: yeah and he's just like dumb and confused like he just doesn't like poor kid Um, well he
0: seems to be suffering from some sort of brain injury (laughs) or a brain tumor or something like i mean that's like if you want to like put this movie in any sort of realm of reality which i think is probably like not worth it because it's nonsense not total nonsense but david lynch nonsense um like both of these guys have something wrong very very wrong with their brain like they're both having these terrible headaches nosebleeds whatever they're losing time um so like that's not great they should probably see a doctor
2: and very best case scenario is he woke up one day and was in prison and didn't know how he got there (laughs) like that's best (laughs) case scenario
0: it's not oh, and then a
1: very best that would make the very best case scenario for Bill, P- Bill Pullman what is that he woke up one day and didn't exist yeah i guess and then all of a sudden he existed again uh huh okay
0: i don't know if it's like linear time though you know what i mean like like it being a mobius strip is that like it's all always happening
1: right well okay and there's a line the end in is the the movie. beginning is the end
0: It's the beginning and there's a line
1: in the movie that kind of explains that, and I half wrote it down, but I didn't write the whole thing down, because it was kind of long. <laughs> also, I was writing in the car, and I don't know if I can read my handwriting. Hmm. Maybe I did well, there's Well, there's, there's another line. This is not the one I was thinking of, but Bill Pullman... Uh, Fred says I like to remember things My own way how I remember them mm-hmm. Not necessarily the way they happened Because he's saying that he doesn't like video Cameras Yeah. So that like explains it A little bit
0: Yeah I think it's also Like kind of a meditation On the nature the Like the fallible nature of human memory And how we all only remember Things the way that we want to remember
1: them You know Maybe Yeah sure sure um okay so Mr. Eddie finds out that they're together and they're both real scared of him so Patricia Arquette what is her blonde name? Alice Mm -hmm. Alice is like yo we gotta get out of here I know this guy like we'll just we'll rob this guy and he was a guy who was in the Bill Pullman part of the movie too he was a guy that he thought his wife was cheating on him with in the first part of the movie andy um so she goes to andy's house pete sneaks in after she's already there he walks into just like a giant um image of her in a porn that just plays for this entire scene which he's like super shocked by um, a porn
2: that we later find out also stars Marilyn Manson. And his best and Twiggy. Twiggy.
1: Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, so he tries to knock out Andy. It doesn't work. And so then they accidentally murder him in a really gross David Lynch way. He gets oh, a chair of awesome. a table
2: deeper into his skull than you would imagine possible.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it ruled. Yeah, that was a good one. Uh, well, that I, then... what, I, what I
2: like best is that later when the cops are there, they call him Denthead. Dent Head.
1: <laughs> I didn't get that yeah there's Jen head over there <laughs> uh, a movie about those cops would be funny yeah um so then they take all this shit they take car, and they escape and Alice is like we have to go to this cabin because my guy is there and he'll get us these passports and then we can go wherever we want but it also and feels like
2: to- Alice is about to murder him at any moment mm-hmm.
1: definitely you start to be like uh she's lying to you uh, so so they go to this cabin. Nobody's there. Um, they have sex outside on gravel. And he's like, on the oh my gravel. god. Okay, so
0: I actually really loved a lot of the sex scenes in this movie. I thought that they were like really beautifully abstractly shot and like weird and interesting way is and this one especially that one particular i was Mm -hmm. like i wrote it down i was like this is so beautiful but so dusty and you shouldn't have sex like penetrative sex in places that are (laughs) dusty it's not a good idea (laughs) no one's gonna have fun it's gonna cause some problems you'll be dealing with it for a while so just psa david Lynch shoots
2: like three things better than anybody else he shoots sex scenes better Extreme violence and fire, and all three of those things are yeah. all over this movie. Mm-hmm.
0: So, I forget who wrote this, but I was kind of like clicking through uh, the Box Reviews earlier today, and somebody described this as like not David Lynch's best movie, but like the Lynchiest of
2: David oh, Lynch's. Oh, I thought you meant who wrote it, the movie. Okay, yeah, 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 I but it's. Have...
0: That it has, like, all of these, and I can't really, like, say yes or no to that, because I have not seen the majority of his work, but that, like, it integrates all of these different elements and, like, themes that are probably executed better in other movies, but they're, like, all here
2: in this one. I feel like, they're all he- I feel like Sorry Fire Walk With Me is probably the most lynchy. Well-
1: yeah, well, Twin Peaks is the most yeah. like Like, they're all kind of here, but in this they're kind of, like, just for show, almost. Mm-hmm. Like, they're not, like, used super well. You don't super care about, like, the characters. I don't know. They're used in, like, the least interesting way. Because I also I think like.
2: what works well about Fire Walk With Me in regards to his total picture or whatever is that he did... He was at least creative control. He was director of like seven episodes of the 21 or whatever that the original run of Twin Peaks was, or the 28 or whatever. Like he was involved with all of it, but only directed seven of it. But then when he did the movie, you you could see that he was able to use the violence and the language and the sexuality and the nudity and everything that he wanted to use the whole time and wasn't able to because it was on CBS or wherever, NBC and CBS. And I feel like that's where it really kicked in. And then the new one, The Return, is like the most, like it's just him you know, having a music video at the end of every episode because he can do that, because he's allowed to do that. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a a, a continuation of all of the themes and all of his interests in the world that sort of most defines who he is as an artist.
1: It, it, this, um, this sex scene also, I think, has, like, what feels like, even though this is, like, her betraying him, and we, like, are starting to get the feeling that she's, like, not being super honest with him it like for some reason like the way it's lit and the song that plays is is like the only lightness in the movie Mm. um it's it it's i don't think it's julie cruz but it's a very julie cruz like song um that plays and it's the only i don't know it's the only song in this I want to say it's the only song that's sung by a woman.
0: I think you're right, because I was looking at, this has a very interesting
1: soundtrack. It's a great soundtrack. Trent Reznor produced it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, And Nine Inch Nails wrote the perfect drug for this song. For for this this movie? movie, Sorry. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Interesting.
0: Didn't know that. Friend's Wedding Song. Interesting choice. I love that song.
1: Not yeah. for a wedding, but I love that song. <laughs> yeah. uh, also, yeah, the Smashing it's Pumpkins like, are on this Smashing uh, Pumpkins, um, Marilyn which, Manson, David Bowie, Ramstein.
0: Yeah, I don't think we've ever gotten into it on Wistful Thinking, but a Wistful Thinking appropriate topic, my obsession with the Smashing, smashing Pumpkins.
1: Whoa, we could do a whole episode on that. I have that too. Really? <laughs> It was the first concert that I went to, like, that was just for me when I was, like, 12. Like, Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness was the first album that, like, I was, like, I want that album, and Mm -hmm. I bought it. Oh, okay. Yeah, we could do that. (laughs) Do you know what I really want? Do you know what we should get together? I want want the Zero shirt.
0: Oh, I had one. I had one. (laughs) Oh, God. I I I thought you still had it. it. I got rid of it. I really want that shirt. I don't have any of my Smashing Pumpkins t-shirts anymore. Because they were all from, like my eighth grade chubby
1: goth phase mm-hmm. but um okay i'm we're almost done mm-hmm. so they have sex outside she says you'll never have me and then he turns into bill pullman again <laughs> <laughs> and then yep <laughs> like and then and then she's gone is this when the house burns down does that happen the house explodes doesn't it yeah and he gets in the car, and drives away.
2: And he's being chased by cops.
1: No, but something happens between that. Like, how do the cops? Well, so he
2: goes to uh, Robert Logia's. He goes back to the the Lost Highway Motel, and oh, that's yeah. where he is. Robert Logia is now somehow having sex with Right, British and Arquette. then he
1: kills him, and then it com- that's where it comes full circle. Yeah. So yeah, he goes to the motel. Mr. Eddie is there. His name is not Mr. Eddie. His name is Dick Laurent. Um, Dick Laurent has sex with Fred's wife, Renee, who is still alive again. Again? Alive? Before? I don't know. Uh, He murders Dick Laurent and then goes to his own door and hits the buzzer and tells himself on the inside that Dick Laurent is dead, which happened at the beginning of the movie also. Mm -hmm. And then the cops chase him and he drives real fast
2: and then he kind of has like a breakdown of some kind and like maybe is transforming back to Pete or not I don't know when the movie ends
1: yeah it looks like his face is going to explode oh
0: yeah so there were it was this uh, shot and also uh, his aggressive saxophoning at the beginning of the movie Uh, again somewhere in the middle uh, that was lit with a strobe light and I couldn't look at the screen uh, because I triggers oh there's
1: a part problems. where Pete, when Pete's walking down the hallway is also hmm. kind of strobe mm-hmm. so face is bleeding
0: yeah that was frustrating oh can I talk more about the saxophoning though um he so Bill Pullman yep yeah okay he did not know how to play the saxophone did not really learn how to play the saxophone just learned that one specific solo on the saxophone Um, and I just thought that that was a really interesting uh, approach to that like because I I don't know wouldn't you want to like learn to like play like I don't know it's just that saxophone scene I can't get it out of my brain and I couldn't even really look at the screen because of the flashing lights but it just
1: uh, is going to haunt me for the rest of my life maybe Interesting. Sure. It reminds me of the scene in Wild at Heart, where Sailor and and oh my God, what's her name, Lula? Lula. Sailor and Lula go dancing, and I there's they're that. like heavy metal dancing. It's the first time we see them heavy metal dance. Um, those two scenes remind me of each other. Mm. The Wild at Heart scene is much better. Mm-hmm. I
0: have not seen Wild at Heart, but it does, it reminded me of the Lost Boys, because there's Sexy Saxman in that.
2: Well, no pressure, Kara, but Wild at Heart is my favorite Nicolas Cage movie, so. Oh, okay. It's a yeah. good movie. On this Laura network, Dern? founded around that, it is my favorite. And Kara, Jordan, talked about it twice with us. She was on the original episode, it's... then revisited it with us, so.
1: It's David Lynch's, uh,
2: Wizard of Oz. You know, Wizard of Oz. Mm-hmm.
1: What? What else could you ask for? With
2: Laura Palmer as uh, the Good Witch, for like um, thirty mm-hmm. seconds. That's kind of a spoiler, but not really, because whatever.
1: Uh, did we get through the whole cast of this? Did no, we name all even, the amazing not people even, in this? Like, okay, who did, did we miss? Let's I don't see. Know.
0: I mean, I think we like touched on all of the bigger names that we would. No, but it just was like i laughed a bunch of times during the opening credits and then forgot that all of those people were going to be in the movie so every time they showed up it'd be like oh my god henry rollins what are you doing
1: here
2: i think the only one that we missed was drew uh, was uh, giovanni rabisi as one of pete's oh, yeah, friends yeah. who was in like uh. one scene
1: I didn't even catch that, although I did see his name in the credits.
2: He's just one of, like, the five people who stroll into the house, and the only one that we ever see from that group again is the girlfriend, who is then promptly forgotten when Angelic Patricia Arquette shows up.
1: Oh, well, and then she tries to come back, and then she yells. Mm-hmm. And he deserves it. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, When the police come to Bill Pullman's house, too, I think uh, after they get the first few tapes that are real creepy, they, like, call the cops and they're like, somebody is, like, in our house taping us, Uh, and they come over and they ask him if he's a musician, and uh, one of the cops asks, what's your axe? And Bill Pullman replies, tenor, tenor saxophone. (laughs) Like James Bond, it was
1: insane. <laughs> um, I wrote down this was like I I took good notes for the beginning of this, and then by the end I was just like, ugh, never mind, this doesn't make sense. But I my explanation for this movie at the begin or like right when we find out like what Pete is like, my explanation for this movie was that like Bill Pullman, Fred is just, like, a dude who's, like, pissed off that he can't, like, satisfy his wife, so she's cheating on him. And so he turns himself into this young dude who just, like, fucks everyone.
2: Including his wife.
1: (laughs) Including his wife, yeah. But who is also, like, so, like,
0: horribly jealous and terrified that he's going to lose her at any moment, too. Like, I feel like both of those characters, they're, like, on either ends of the
1: same... Well, he couldn't, Fear. like, he couldn't totally turn himself into a whole different person. Yeah. Interesting.
2: So the mom I looked it up was played by Lucy Butler, who just seems like a character actress of sorts, but she's most known for this, uh, for Candace Dayton. But her number two credit, or at least most popular on IMDb, is another movie you covered on this podcast, The Net, starring Sandra <gasps> Bullock. She played female officer. How could you forget her as female <laughs> officer? <laughs>
0: female officer. Wait.
2: I, I could know. not tell you.
0: I don't know, because now that you say that, I'm like, oh, is she the woman who is like fake Sandra Bullock?
1: Now I have she to. She kind of it? looks like her.
0: Yeah. Because this
2: is only two years after the net, so this is basically, you think roughly what she looked like in the net. So. Mm-hmm. She could. Uh, she could have been. She could have passed for Sandy in this.
0: Oh no, uh, the person that I'm thinking of is credited as imposter
1: Um, the warning at like with the rating at the beginning of this movie says bizarre violence and sexuality (laughs) which I really appreciated
2: yeah the first two quotes that I wrote down are basically say the same thing the first one is just that's fucking crazy man which I don't know in what context that was but could apply to a lot of this movie, and then the second one was Captain. There's some. This is some spooky shit we got here.
1: <laughs> I like that part too. Yeah. I wrote that one down also. I found. I found the other quote that I was thinking of. Uh, m- when uh, Pete meets Mystery Man, and they have basically the same conversation that Fred and the Mystery Man have at first, and then it strays away from that. And the Mystery Man says. In the East, the Far East, when a person is sentenced to death, they're sent to a place where they can't escape, never knowing when an executioner may step up behind them and fire a bullet into the back of their head. So, it's like, I don't know, he's somehow acknowledging that Pete's still just a dude on death row, or mm-hmm. something.
0: Yeah,
1: interesting. But not in a way that makes sense, like it doesn't actually tie anything together. Yeah,
0: yeah. Um, There was another moment in the prison with Henry Rollins and the other, like, prison officer guy. And one of them is like, I don't know, that uh, wife killer guy looks like pretty banged up. He, like, seems like he's not okay. And the other one is like, which wife killer guy? And then they both laugh. And I made me laugh so hard. (laughs) And I was, like, surprised by it. But at the same time... Not that surprised by it because it's true. Most violent, like male violent offenders do start out by uh, abusing the women in their lives. So hilarious and factually accurate.
2: A for My favorite combination. And speaking of wife abusers, uh, David Lynch later said that this was apparently the reason he ha- wanted to tell the story was because of the OJ trial. So this is all mm-hmm. not only is Robert Blake involved here, who would go on to kill his wife. But also, just is all somehow sort of just based on OJ. So that's something.
0: Yeah, or not based on, but just like inspired that by was the like ambient cultural energy that he was, you know, sponging up right. when He was writing this, which is interesting.
2: So I know that this a long was... time ago you guys did uh, at least a couple times, the two of you did. How do we turn this into a circus show? But did you see? I'm sure Kara saw. <laughs> did you know, Jordan? That this was turned into an opera.
1: That was literally what I was just about to say.
2: <laughs> Which I think, if any of us, I mean, I don't, I'm, I'm I i do not want to speak for the two of you. I don't know anything about opera, but I think that could be another fun game to play. How do we turn this movie, whatever movie you're talking about, into an opera?
1: Yeah, I don't. No. I'm gonna see it, but I also don't know anything about opera. Me it
2: either. feels like it reminds me of just no. I didn't because you can. There's, I think on YouTube, a 46-minute audio score of the opera, that the first act is spoken word and the second half is sung. So if you want to hear it, I think it's on YouTube in some, either in its entirety or a lot of it or whatever. I kind of get the sense, Jordan, and I don't mean to exclude you, Kara, but Jordan is probably one of the one of the two people in my life that knows this, that has watched this. Uh, the Industrial Symphony, number one, remember when we watched that with Wild mm-hmm. at Heart?
1: I was just telling someone how much I want to make a show with a car on the stage. Yeah.
2: I feel like the opera is probably this movie's equivalent of Industrial Symphony No. 1, huh. where it's just like an industrial sort of inspired by, but not really about, or I don't, you know what I mean? Like just this weird whatever. So, Kara, just for like right around the time of Wild at Heart, Nicolas Cage and Laura Dern, who are the stars of Wild at Heart, did this thing for David Lynch called Industrial Symphony Number no. 1, where they were in like one scene, and then there was just like thirty-five minutes of, how would you describe it, Jordan? Just like acrobatics?
1: Mm, kind, it's of, like movement stuff happened, but it wasn't really like it wasn't. I wouldn't go as far as to call it acrobatics, though.
2: But it has nothing to do with anything. Like it's just a thing that ha- that exists. I'm sure it has something to do with something, but you know, good luck figuring that out. But I feel like the opera version of this is probably not made by David Lynch, but some uh, somehow related to that like the equivalent for this movie.
1: Yeah. I mm, yeah, sure. I feel like the or like a stage version of this in general no matter how it's done would like um almost give it more permission to not make sense and to be like way more about like the movements and the sound and the mm. visuals of it. Yeah, that makes sense. And kind of just, like, taking that in rather than, like, needing a plot that comes all the way together. I don't know if it would be more or less frustrating.
0: (laughs) Well, after Gene Siskel and Robert Ebert gave the film negative reviews on their show, David Lynch issued a new poster calling the thumbs-down verdict, Two More Reasons to See Lost Highway. (laughs) And asked for his opinion, Siskel said, I found it petty. I think that's funny.
1: Um, yeah, nobody liked this movie. And then it kind of got like a, a cult following, I think. Yeah. And I was reading, the thing that I was just reading before we started recording was the AV Club did a series called The New Cult Canon, and they would kind of, like one at a time, talk about cult movies, um like newer cult movies and they did one on Lost Highway and it pretty much says what we said. Or it it like says basically what my experiences was, which was that the first time I saw it I was like, oh my god And now looking back I'm like uh it's not it's not that good.
0: Well I'm definitely not surprised that people didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh it's a thinker. I think it's also, like, a thing that you should probably see more than one time. But, like,
1: oh, God. It's also, it's like, it's, it's fun to watch if you like noir
3: mm-hmm.
1: um, and, like, neo-noir. Because if nothing else, like, it pulls from that really, really, really well in a way that's very lynchy. So you won't see it. You won't see something like this anywhere else, but you can see where the influences are, mm-hmm. and that's fun.
0: It's also part of his like three movie, not really a trilogy, but like the three movies like he made about Los Angeles. This one, Mulholland Drive, and then Inland Empire. Did you say that already? You might have already said that.
2: No, I don't think I don't we
0: think did. Don't think so. Okay. Well, I just mentioned that they're both
2: his... scarier than this one.
0: Yeah. Uh, I definitely have seen Mulholland Drive. That one I saw in a film class.
2: Well, that's Um, what I think is the funniest thing, is that you didn't know if you had seen this movie. Like, I know that, like, I don't remember a lot, but I feel like (laughs) if you... Here's what the rest of
0: what I was going to say, is that I also, in London Empire, came out when I was in art school, and I had to go see it, like, go to a screening for a class um and it was one of those movies where I like got to the movie theater fell asleep 10 minutes in and then woke up 10 minutes before the end and so I do I've done that with a lot of movies and I'm never sure (laughs) if I've seen a movie before or not like particularly this one I was like "Mm, I might have but as soon as I got to that saxophone scene I was like Oh no! (laughs) I've definitely not seen this I've
2: seen Illinois Empire once And it took me, like, five or six hours to watch the three-hour movie. Because I was just like, Mm -hmm. this is a lot to sit through. I've been meaning to rewatch it, I just haven't watched it. But uh, I'm going too soon, I think. But it's just, that's a... Because it's also way more experimental. Like, this is a beautifully shot movie. Like, I think this is maybe his most expensive movie to make. Like, Inland Empire is all shot on digital and, like, very close and very uncomfortable. And I remember it being... It's also, like, more mind-fucky than this in different ways.
1: Jordan, Mm -hmm. you've seen it, right? Mm, i i think i also fell asleep and then was like i don't this is three hours long i don't think i care
2: well it's like about i think they're like making a movie and like there's there's a point where you don't know if the movie you're watching is the movie they're making or just the movie you're watching and it's like this really weird i mean that's sort of the the key word here but you know it's also three hours long like that's a long movie like, this is 215 yeah. i think it's like 230 maybe and, and in this Alabama, one I like had to three.
0: rewind a bunch of times because I kept, like, tuning out. Not that I wasn't, like, into it because I was. It's just, just, like, slow and quiet. And, and, like, if you're not paying attention for 30 seconds, it's, like, what's happening now?
2: Well, I put subtitles on because, like, the first line, when well, the yeah. first line was like, Dick Luron is dead. I was just like, oh, didn't hear what that said. <laughs> Got to go back. I rewound and put subtitles on. I was like, okay, here we go.
0: Oh, cool. Still doesn't make sense.
2: Well, I don't think you said, there's another trivia thing on IMDb that I'm sure you saw that uh, apparently someone said that to David Lynch, like he just, somebody went to David Lynch's house oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. went to his intercom and just said, Dick Laron is dead. David Lynch rushed outside, nobody was there. And then that became a movie. Like, I don't, like, what?
1: That's not, that's not the story that I read. Well, that's
2: what IMDb <laughs> says. That might not be true. This no, is the gospel okay. of, you know, the wikiality of the internet.
1: This is what I read on Wikipedia, which is not better, but makes more sense is that s- David Lynch has a neighbor whose name is also David, I guess? And so somebody came to his door and like said his own name and it was very confusing or something like that.
0: I don't know. Either way, I can see how that could turn into. <laughs> no, I'm serious. Like, you know, like later that day, David Lynch was like sitting down, getting baked, and being like, yo, wouldn't it be crazy? If like <laughs> you know, and then this movie happened.
2: If that was me who said that to me, but future me, maybe future exactly. me? Exactly. Yeah. The other quote that I wrote down, another great one, it's it's said by Mr. Eddie in the car when they go after after Pete fixes the engine, he just says, Smooth as shit from a duck's ass <laughs> which I guess is a thing.
0: I mean, have you ever seen a duck shit comes right out?
2: I went to Rambou. <laughs> they were
0: You're thinking of geese. Oh, okay. Which also comes right out. Uh, but duck shit is generally uh, I think li- more liquid than a goose shit, which is more of a mm. solid cylindrical shape. Spent a lot of time looking at birds
2: and bird poop.
0: Yeah. Well, you can't do one without the other, so
2: so this movie was co-written by barry gifford he wrote it with david lynch and we talked about this on cage club jordan but you and i saw him do a reading from wild at heart when we saw wild at heart in mm-hmm. was that the ifc center somewhere it's in New the York.
1: ifc center yeah
2: and he uh had his book there and was more interested in the yankees world series game i think than <laughs> or the alcs or whatever than actually being there but uh He's cool. I mean, he wrote Wild at Heart, which is awesome, so that's something. Did
1: you ever read the Sailor and Lula books?
2: Yeah, I read the whole... I read the first six, and then he put out the new one, or whatever. I don't. I didn't read the new one, but I read the original six.
1: Are they nice?
2: They like, are. I mean, I the, asked... the, the best one is Wild at Heart by a mile. Okay. So, like, of the six... Which is the first... Is that the first yeah. one? Of the six, they're only, I think, in, like, three of them. And, like, the rough story is that, like, Sailor is in and out of jail all of his life because he's just... That's the kind of person that he is. And Lula just gets on. And then eventually, I think, I want to say, they wind up together, like, in the end. Because they're... You know, the whole that whole movie is, like, they're meant to be together. That's true love. It's, like, a
1: really beautiful love story. Yeah,
2: And then there's, like, you know, Perdita Durango, who I think is maybe a character in Wild at Heart, but maybe not. And she's got a story or two about her. I don't know. I think they're, it's worth reading, but it's not... Like, nothing is as good as Wild at Heart. It's just sort of a continuation of their story, but the best part of their story is what you've already seen a couple times.
1: Hmm. okay. Uh, okay, does anyone else have anything to add about Wild at Heart before we play a quick Adam Sandler
2: game? About Wild at Heart about Lost Highway? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shit. I'm tired. <laughs> well, I like that I, was in a I like that this is a, a very short time.
2: episode and the entire thing was basically just getting through the plot.
1: Just me trying to see the plot. Well no, we took a lot I know, of
2: detours. I know. But no, I have nothing else to add about Lost Highway, I don't think. I don't
1: think I I think could, you
2: obviously. should see it if you're out there. You're out there you should see it. I think it's yeah. difficult to find. Is it or is it not?
1: I, I reckon know, I paid for Amazon. it on Amazon. Oh, yeah. okay
2: cause I have the DVD so I watch it on the DVD But
1: don't have it be your first David Lynch movie. Don't yeah. start here. Yeah, no I don't don't start here. Well, this
2: I'm glad I'm glad I mean, you know, I want I, I do like this movie and I don't think anybody is wrong for not for, for I don't think anybody's wrong for liking this movie, but there was a wild Jordan where you were like lost highway and then everything else is behind it. And I was like, "Ooh." Like I remember watching it just like, "Oh, that's <laughs> kind of like that's Bold it."
1: Old statement. I'm here to say that I was wrong.
2: Well, I mean the soundtrack is great.
1: The soundtrack is great and I listen to it all the time. Um, okay. This is I feel like I'm ripping off one of your games, Joey. It's but okay. we're going to play the um cast Adam Sandler in this movie game. Okay. <laughs> oh no. Um uh, Joe, you want to go first? Where? How would you cast him in this movie? Are we
2: putting him in an existing role or a new role or whatever? Uh,
1: in an existing
2: role. Okay. I think he could probably honestly do a lot of these. I don't know how well he could do a lot of these. <laughs> I think him as one of the cops could work pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I guess, are we saying Adam Sandler... 1997 or current Adam Sandler or any age Adam mm, Sandler?
1: You can use whichever one you want. I think
2: a cop would be pretty good. I think a prison guard could be good. I don't know that he could do. Or maybe he could. Maybe maybe one of you wants to defend him. I don't know that he could do either the Bill Pullman or the Balthazar Getty role.
1: I feel like when. Ugh, I don't want to watch him have that much sex, I don't think. <laughs> But I feel like. I definitely don't either. Uh, like a young Adam Sandler could could do the Balthazar Getty role really differently. Mm-hmm. But could do it by just being like a little bit dumb.
2: And I also think maybe, to sort of contradict, contradict what I just said, an older Adam Sandler maybe could do the Bill Pullman role. I don't know.
1: Well, if you think... do Mr. Eddie, we know he can yell. Yeah, that was going to be my,
0: uh, my thing, because I could totally see him beating, like, you know, trailing somebody and then beating the shit out of them.
2: <laughs> I think he definitely would I... need a smaller role, though. I don't think, I don't know that he, I mean, even though he could do a bigger thing, I think smaller part would be good. I think that's sort of where, in a way, I think I a lot of actors, you know, Keanu, as he gets older, we... You know, Mike and I watched all of his movies and he's sort of doing what Cage is not in that he's taking smaller roles in more interesting movies and like only being on screen for five or 10 minutes, but being like a really cool five or 10 minute part. Like, Mm -hmm. Carol, when you were talking an episode or two ago about how you saw saw the Bad Batch and like he has him as the dream, like he's not in that movie a lot, but he's awesome as the dream.
0: I want a dream movie, a whole dream movie. I think he's such a good charismatic cult leader. I would join that cult.
2: Do you know that Anna Lily Amirpour's next movie? I think her next movie before she does the cliffhanger reboot, she's doing a movie that's set in New Orleans that stars, or second or third, build Mr. Zac Efron. How about that? About werewolves, I think. I don't know. All
0: right. Sure. Give me those hairy abs, whatever. <laughs> but I think his abs are hairy now. Well, no, but no, I mean, if he's but a they werewolf... would be if he was a werewolf.
2: I followed you, Carol. Oh. <laughs>
0: again i'm very only a few evening only a few evenings a month you know
2: i think so what i'm saying is that i think adam sandler is the kind of actor that i've liked him in things and i think if he had a small part that he was able to sort of focus all of his energy in a couple scenes whether he's a cop or mr eddie or a whatever i think it could work really well i don't know that i necessarily need him as a lead in stuff anymore
0: you know who else he could be definitely the mystery man he would make completely different <laughs> weird choices you know <laughs> he wouldn't
1: just talk in like the Billy Madison <laughs> voice <laughs>
0: It's like weird little boy voice
1: <laughs> in, like the gibberish language
2: so Jordan what's your answer do you, are you doing the the Dal- Dal- Zargetti role or do you think he'd be better I,
1: somewhere else no I, I would put him um, in like the Jack Nance or Richard Pryor role probably Like working at the car place.
2: So someone who was about to die.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. All right. Or or young Adam Sandler could have been like you know one of Pete's friends. Like Mm -hmm. the Busey role. Or maybe, do you think that now Adam Sandler could have been the Gary Busey role? Absolutely, a hundred percent. But let me tell you, when
0: Gary Busey showed up, what a delight! (laughs) Have you ever seen? Oh God, what is that movie called?
2: Hider in the House.
0: No.
2: Oh, hiding in the house is great. Where he lives in an attic in a house owned by other people. It is, is, is it funny or not? Funny. Oh no, it's a horror movie kind of.
1: Oh, <laughs> that's that's there's a Camille Nanjiani joke that is that. <laughs>
0: Uh, it's a a movie called Drop Zone from 1994 a tough cop teams up with a professional skydiver to capture a renegade computer hacker on the run from the law and I think if I remember correctly Gary Busey is the renegade computer hacker
2: that sounds like half of Point Break and then half of like just other 90s movies like Hackers and the Net
0: but with skydiving
2: it's well there's skydiving in Point Break is
0: there Mm -hmm. I haven't seen it in a very very long time I need to revisit that one.
2: Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, I do. <laughs>
1: uh, does anyone else have anything to add about Lost Highway?
2: I don't mm-hmm. think I do.
1: I feel like it did, but it's not
0: in my brain right now. Is this a good movie?
2: Uh, I think so. I think it's sure interesting, Holds for sure. Up okay.
0: I think um, it depends... Obviously, it's a subjective thing, but also depends on, like how strictly you adhere to the idea of, like, what a movie is. Because if you walk into this expecting some sort of, like, tight narrative structure, like, you're going to be extremely disappointed and think that this is a garbage movie. But if you just, like, let it happen, let it wash over you, as you should with all weird movies, uh, then yes. Yes, it is. All right.
1: Uh, Joey, do you have anything to plug?
2: Sure. So there's a bunch of shows that I'm on on the network. Uh, The big thing is every other Tuesday, Too Fast, Too Forever, which, Jordan, you have been on. Kara will Mm -hmm. be on the next lap in its entirety. So later this year.
1: So excited for her. By the
2: end of summer-ish, she'll be on the entire thing. We just started lap four. So we did the Fast and the Furious, the first one. Then we did a bonus episode that came out this week, two days ago, of the Turbocharged Prelude, which brings from the first movie to the second movie, and then coming out next week is Too Fast, Too Furious. So later this summer, I think, September-ish, maybe, or October? I gave you the date recently, Carrie, I don't remember what it is. Uh, You're going to be on the entire lap, all, by that point, nine movies. So check that out. Uh, Every Friday, Mike and I are doing the Tom Tom Club, Tom Hanks, Tom Cruise. So tomorrow's movie is a Tom Hanks movie, Nothing in Common, which is a very bad movie. And then next week is Born on the Fourth of July, the Tom Cruise movie directed by Oliver Stone. So go check those out.
1: Cool. Jordan was just on an episode. Yep, I was just on the Rain Man episode, which if you're listening on the day this comes out, came out two weeks ago? What no, it came out last
2: week. Yeah, came out six days ago. The most recent Tom Tom episode.
1: Yep, I watched Rain Man for the first time. Uh, Kara, you got anything? No, not really. Cool.
2: Oh, I do want to uh, plug one follow other me thing. You on Instagram. Oh.
1: Whatever. What,
0: what were you saying? I want to plug
2: one thing that I have nothing to do with, but sometimes you you talk about other things you've seen. If you two have not seen it yet, or if your listeners have not seen it yet, please go on Netflix and watch The Lonely Island Presents the Unauthorized Bash Brothers Experience, uh, because it is amazing. I'm, like, halfway through it. <laughs> amazing.
1: Yeah, I'm, like, halfway through it. I don't know why, but I didn't finish it yet.
2: It's a whole 30 minutes long. It's great. See that and then also I think you should leave. Did you talk about that? Did you see that sketch show on Netflix? I don't know if
1: we talked about it, but I again watched like half of that and then abandoned it, but yeah, the first half I had was incredible. Didn't
0: oh,
2: love oh, it. So I, lo- I loved it. It's so good. Those are my two plugs that have nothing to do with me. Go watch I think you should leave and also The Bash Brothers experience.
1: Cool. Uh you can find Kara on Instagram at bimps. Mm-hmm. You can find me on Instagram at jordopc. You can find our show at Wistful Pod. You can find the Cage Club Network. What is the Cage Club Network's handle, Joey? Cage
2: Club Pod.
1: <laughs> That's what I would have said, but I didn't want to get it wrong. <laughs> um, thanks for listening, Joey. Thanks for last minute coming and talking about this movie. Thank you for here. inviting me. Uh, we will talk to y'all next time. Bye!
3: Moment so different and so new was like any other until I met you, and then it happened. It took me by surprise. I knew that you felt it. See it by the look in your eyes Sweeter than wine Softer than a summer's night Everything I wanna have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment While your lips are close to mine forever. Bye. Different and so new it was like any other until I met you and that ended it happened. You know it took me by surprise. I knew that you felt it too by the look in your than wine Ooh, softer than a summer's night Everything I want, I have Whenever I hold you tight This magic moment